welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Now, my guest today is Narelle Todd, president of the Australasian Association of Professional Organisers, who dedicates her working life to workplace organisation and productivity. She joins us from what I hope is her super tidy base in Brisbane. Hello, Narelle. Hi, how are you going, Rob? I'm good, thank you. So come on, let's imagine we had the camera turned on. What would we see? (laughs) Be honest, what would we see? Nice, tidy, schmick place? No, no. (laughs) I'm I'm a piler, so um, oh, okay. I've got stuff all over, but that's good. That's good. Okay, well, look, the thing is, yeah, we don't have to be free of problems to be able to help others, do we? That's the thing. We got to, we, you know, we have to, we have to live in the real world, don't we, to be able to pass our knowledge on. Absolutely. And, yeah, and part of what I do is also work with people to actually work with their own personality so that they actually create an organised office that actually works for them. And pilers are... You know, a yeah. personality, an organising style, just say as those, you know, clean desk freaks we all know. Oh, uh, well, that's a, that's, a, that's a lovely place to start, isn't it? Acknowledging that not everybody has to be the same. So good, I can just breathe a bit of a sigh of relief <laughs> there as well. So look, our topic today really is looking at how an organised office can transform your business. And as I say, that's a lovely first point is that we should be designing offices to suit our individual style. But look, before we dive into it, why don't we just, you're president of the AAPO, Australasian Association of Professional Organisers. Just a quick sort of 30 seconds, how's the association doing and what's its kind of its reason for being? Well, we're celebrating our 10th year in Australia uh, Mm. this year. So, you know, it's an association which really is a place for professionals to come. So people who are interested in working with time management, uh, with event planning, decluttering. So anything to do really with people, places and things and getting organised and staying organised. Fantastic. And how many members do you now have across Australasia? Uh, We're at about 250. Okay, good. And I met a number of you at one of your conferences a few years ago, which was fabulous. That's right, yes. Yes, I, I remember coming away from that thinking... I must remember to always do a conference where there's a largely female audience who've been drinking Chardonnay. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that was the dinner, a dinner <laughs> event yes. that I was at. Anyway, it was fabulous fun. Okay, let's get back to topic. So how, do we, how an organised office can transform your business. So where do we start with this topic, Narelle? What's the first kind of thing we need to be doing if we're going to get on top of our office and have it kind of support us uh, in, our, in our businesses? I think that the very first place that you need to start is actually by looking at your goals and breaking them down into yearly, quarterly and daily. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the very first place and it doesn't matter what your organising style is, you need to know where you're going, you need that roadmap. Okay. And if you don't have that, it then becomes really hard to put in any kind of systems to support you and to get you organised. Um, you know, Otherwise, you're just putting, say, nice shelves or... Hmm. You know, nice folders, but For no real reason. Is it yes? Because ultimately, you're in business to make money, to show a profit, 
and you need everything you need to be do you need to do needs to be achieving that end. Okay, so uh, I've read an article that you wrote not so long ago, and and your one of the points you're raising there was was identifying the purpose, and I guess that's what you're saying there is what where are you going with your business? What's your what's your business trying to do? And then where, when we sort of got that, where do we where do we move to next? How do we create a, an environment that's going to help us get to that? that sort of final destination? Sure. Then it's really about um, working out, um, you know, what works best for you. Do you like to be able to see things? Um, would you prefer your, your things to be away? So in sight, out of sight, um, those sorts of things. And then you start to look at, well, what are the systems that you can put in place to support you? Hmm, okay. So at the, at the outset there, you said that, you know, people that are perhaps hoarding, collecting things, they can have that kind of show up in their work. And there you've touched on whether people are visual or not so visual. I mean, what, are, what do you say to those, and I hear it quite a lot from, particularly from creative businesses where, you know, well, yeah. I need the clutter, I need the mess, it, it helps me work. I mean, do you, do you agree with that? I do, actually. Okay, good. <laughs> and, and part of that is that, you know, for some people, the very fact of having everything put away and say nicely labelled and, and all those traditional things we think of when we think of being organised, um, you know, people stress because they can't see their things around them. And so they, their brain is actually worrying more about that than it is about concentrating on where they should be do, going next, you know, the next phone call they should be making, um, those sorts of things. The, the integral part of growing and, and working on your business uh, rather than in your business. Hmm. So it really pays to know um, what your style is and, you know, then put or surround yourself with that with that sort of thing. So to any creatives out there, I say if you are achieving your goals and, you know, you can find what you need to find when you, when you need it, then you're organised. Hmm. Okay, but when we, you know, we've, um, we do some... Uh, fairly sort of regular research of, of our community and one of the things that always comes up right near the top uh, kind of hot button number two is this sense of being overwhelmed just kind of too much to do too many things going on isn't it so that if you if you look at a desk that's got um, you know, I'm looking at mine right now, you know, and you look at, well, there's a couple of bills that need to be paid and there's yes. a list of actions that need to be done. Yeah. Um, there's something that needs to be fixed. Is there not a danger when you're looking across a desk like that, that that's just adding to this whole distraction and, and pulling you away from what you need to focus on? I think distractions for people look different. And um, so for you, that may be, um, you know, seen as a distraction. Mm -hmm. And so you would know that. So you would know, well, look, I need to put in place then something where, let's say it's your diary, that I need to um, put in half an hour where I'm going to deal with the, the little bits and pieces I need to fix. And then I'll put in a half hour and that will deal with paying my bills. And so you can just put that off to one side and your brain doesn't need to think about it anymore because you have um, set aside time in your diary you know, okay. to, to do it. Well, look, that's, coincidentally, that's exactly how I do work. So that's, uh -huh. that's, that's, that's nice to know that I'm accidentally doing it okay. So, so yes. in that situation then, to take those things out of your head, what, we, what you're saying is we need to kind of, A, acknowledge that they exist 
And yes. then almost just say, right, not only do I acknowledge you, but here's your time slot. That's what, yes. that's when you're going to get fixed. And then once we've kind of done that, then that allows us to concentrate more on on the more pressing tasks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, yes. and, and, I, and I'm, I know that I'm sort of taking all, all, all around the place now, but I, another one to throw at you. Yeah. This, you know, we've, you're, I'm sure, I'm sure aware of Brian Tracy and his whole concept of eating the frog, you know, that mm-hmm. one thing or the elephant in the room, whatever creature you want to call yes. it. You yep. know, the thing that you know you need to do but you're not just getting to. From yes. in your sort of professional organising status, what do you do with the frog? How do we? Ha- how do you think we should handle it? Um, I like the concept of assigning time, or well, for him, it's about you know eating the frog first, and so getting the big thing out of the way so you can move on with the rest of your day. I would just say have a look at what is, what's your natural rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, I really, I'm super organized, uh, particularly late afternoon and night time. Okay. So for me, my frog, I, that's when I do things because I know that, you know, I just power through and I really get things going. The morning for me is the itty bitty stuff because that's just works better for me. Hmm. Out of interest, why is that, do you, I mean, maybe there's, we don't need to have a reason, but do you find that it's kind of at the end of the day for you because you know if you don't get that out of the way you're going to feel really bad the next day or how's how have you how have you arrived at that sort of pattern do you think uh look I, maybe it has i i i haven't thought through it um you know and it doesn't I think, matter either yeah, really. so if that's I, what works it works i've always just assumed i was a night owl <laughs> maybe it's you know that whole um thing of like you, you know you've got the deadline so you have to get it done but yeah know. well okay well all right so we've we've we identify our purpose we yes. recognize kind of who we are and start to design our our work around it what do you think about um people that kind of run their businesses from you know the the sort of messy third bedroom or the dining room table i mean do you what thoughts do you have if you walk into someone's house and see that sort of thing going on I think where possible when you are working from home, you need a dedicated space. Um, So I would always recommend to people that they set up somewhere which is just, say, for their home office. Um, Now, space-wise, that may not be possible, Hmm. and so they are using their table. In which case, then, you would need to have more mobile solutions, you know, to be organised so that you could... Um, pack away, say, at the end of the day and, you know, you say when you sit down for, for meals, you can pack away your, your work life so that you then can move into your family life. Yes, um, okay. Yeah, it would just be a different solution that I would put in place if that was the only place was the dining room table. Hmm. And what do you th- what's your opinion of, of working sort of around the house, different tasks in different spots? Does that work for you? I mean, I, personally, I, I quite enjoy it. But do you see that mm. as something? Do you do it yourself? I do, actually. Uh, I read a lot. So I have a space outside of my office where I go to read and make notes. Um, you know, that's something that I do every day. Um, I think sometimes it's good to actually spend time away from, you know, your workspace so that you can re-energise and refocus 
Hmm. Yeah, I th- look, I, th- I, I think so too. And we talk a fair bit about that around the place. And I, I, I think yeah, moving spaces is a, is a wonderful thing. And aren't we lucky that yes. increasingly, you know, it's made simple, simpler for us to do that. Now, again, in that article I referred to before, you, you talk about finding a place for everything and putting it there. So could you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, typically, um, I'll use the inbox as a Mm. typical example. Um, You know, we're told that we should have an inbox for all our things. And what I would say was if the inbox works for you, um, then it's a great tool. But if the inbox really is just becoming where you put all your paperwork and it's all a mismatch of everything, you don't know where it is, then I would say to you that perhaps instead of one inbox, you, you would actually have a couple. So you might have an inbox, say, for bills that need to be paid, an inbox for um, quotes that you need to give, an inbox for, you know, other important information or inbox for articles you've downloaded and printed off and that you're going to go through and, you know, mark up. Split it up in that way. So rather than having one Hmm. uh, inbox, break it up into different sections and then keep them separate so that all your bills are only in your bill, you know, container so that you know where they are, you know, it's easy to go and find them because that's really what it's all about. Having one place where if you needed to say to somebody, look, can you go and pay all my bills, you know, for me, they know that they just need to go to that one tray. Mm. um, Sounds lovely. Who can I say that to? No, okay. I think that's a great idea because by moving things, spreading things around a little bit, as you say, it also takes off that sort of visual pressure, doesn't it? Where you look at something and go, oh my God, there's so much stuff in there. Um, but when you're breaking it up into, into sort of separate piles, then I think it's, um, it's easing that kind of that, uh, mental burden a fair bit. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my natural style is a piler. So, but what you will find is that I will have quite a number of piles, but they are each for a specific topic or a specific activity. And it doesn't become overwhelming for me. Hmm. But if I had one great big pile, that would be overwhelming because I wouldn't know where everything was. If I needed to find one thing, I'd have to search through the whole pile to find it by splitting it up you know, it makes it much mm. easier. Now, look, I'm, in, I'm intrigued. When, if you walk into somebody's office, you know, a new client that's got, got mm-hmm. hold of you and said, Narelle, you know, help. And yep. you walk in, you walk in the door and there before you is just a massive clutter. Everything everywhere. What, how do you approach that? I mean, I'm just intrigued. Do you just, do you put on rubber gloves and just say, back off lady or, ma- or man, <laughs> sorry, um, let me fix this up for you? I mean, how do you, how, wh- how do you do it? Where do you start? It always becomes a conversation of uh, what is it they're wanting to achieve? You know, what are their goals? What works for them? Um, how do they see the world and experience the world? And, you know, what would be their ideal place to work in? You know, what does that look like or um, feel like for them? So it very much becomes about them and, you know, what is it that they're trying to actually achieve in their job? Okay. So, again, it's very much, as you said at the beginning, you, you, you don't dive straight in there with your gloves on. You, you listen to the person and, and design it around them. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, what about labelling? You've mentioned that a couple of times and you talk about having your piles, but within your piles are smaller piles. How do you label? How do you, how do you cover that side of things? Um, yeah, I call labelling, well, it needs to be retrieval-based. 
So by that I mean it needs to, you need to label, you know, like your in-tray or your files, um, boxes, whatever it is, you know, however it is you're organising your things, um, have it labelled but with a label that actually makes sense to you. So, you know, say if you think bills um, but you've labelled your bills, you know, in-tray or your bills file as um, things to pay, mm. um, you know, it's going to be off-putting for you each time because you're going to have to try and interpret, well, what did I put it as? Okay, so it needs to be really, really clear in words that you absolutely understand and can connect with immediately. Yes, yeah. yeah so okay. whenever you go to file anything away, it's always, if I'm looking for this, what? how would I think of it? Hmm. What would be the terms I would use? And then that's how you know, you know, where you would put it or what you would label it as. Okay. Now, I'm remembering many years ago, I worked with um, close to a company where the owner of the company uh, had a rule that at the end of the day, everybody's desk should be completely cleared. And the only things, I think I'm right, uh, that he used to say, the only things that were allowed on your desk was a green stapler <laughs> and a green pen. I think he had something of weird thing going well, on with green yes, yes. peculiar man um what's you know for, for those listening that have small teams where you're saying on the one hand acknowledge and recognize your personal working style what about when the boss says i want a nice clear office or an uncluttered office is that should we if we're bosses of like two or three you know most people listening will either work by themselves or with a very small group should we just grit our teeth and say, hey, it's your desk, live with it how you want, or it's your space, live with it how you want? Look, with there needs to be standards because obviously some people can take over the whole space if you, know, if you let them. Um, I think we need to recognise each of our individual styles and we need to be mindful that somebody's way to be productive is going to be different to my own. And... If there is a policy around a clean desk policy, which often uh, there is certainly in corporate life, mm. um, then, you know, you could try or some of the things that I suggest to, you know, my fellow um, pilers is to actually keep your piles out on your desk during your day and then, you know, before you go home at night, um, put them into a cupboard. Because they're, because they're set up the right way and yep. you know, they're, they're appropriately labelled, then you simply just need to bring it out, mm. um, those poles out in you know the morning and you're right off and you're starting again. So this, there's always this, ways. This, this sounds like my son's bedroom, only he doesn't actually put the piles away anywhere. Occasionally he'll just turf everything into one cupboard and go, yeah, I tidied my room. It's like, yeah, no, you haven't. You've just dumped it all in the cupboard. Anyway, enough about him. Okay, all right. So I'm getting a, a nice clear picture here. What about um, people that are setting up offices for the or setting up a home workspace for the first time? Um, you know, there is uh, there surely is, a, is an opportunity for us to absolutely design it exactly as we want and you you've kind of you've, you've confirmed all that what about the wall space what do you th is there anything that you that we should or shouldn't be doing with our walls i mean should they be office like should they be non-office like i mean do you any thoughts on that or again or is it totally personal i actually think when you work from home you can make it personal and uh, you don't have quite the restrictions that you do 
uh, say, you know, being in an office building. So you want to be mindful that you don't want to surround yourself with a whole heap of, you know, extraneous clutter. You know, if it doesn't have a purpose necessarily, you probably don't want to have it in your office space. Um, you know, a few personal items, certainly no issue with that. Um, my office actually has a um, dangling um, chandelier um, just because it's a bit of fun and every time I walk past it and I, I flick it, I go, wow, you know, it's, so, it's just such a great affirmation that I get to work in a home office. <laughs> With the dangling so, chandelier, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah, you can make it a bit of fun um, mm. but it is also a workplace so you do need to keep you know, that in mind that it needs to be a place where you are productive um, and, you know, maybe the fluffy toys all over the desk aren't, you know, going to help you achieve best. that. Yeah, I think an interesting thing as well is, is you know, increasingly when, when we see people using, you know, Skype and cameras in their office and, you know, selfies appearing everywhere is, yes. is, is you know, I, I just think we need to stop and make sure that we have a look at what's in the shot. Yes, you know, and it's and just be mindful of is is this projecting the right sort of image? And all it generally means is is probably super tidying one tiny little spot, which is just where your camera is. But yes, otherwise it uh, yes it can certainly advertise us perhaps not in the not in the way that we want to. Okay, so generally, do you find you know I think it's probably true to say that you so AAPO is ten years old. If we went back another five or ten years the AAPO and, and professional organisers as a group really didn't exist. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's still a, a relatively new thing. What do you, how do you see the future for professional organisers? Is it a good industry for people to be considering if they're looking to supplement their business or start another business? Is it a growing industry, do you think? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, people uh, are asking for help in their personal life, in their work life, you know, coming back to that theme of being overwhelmed. Mm. We're receiving so many, um, you know, messages each and every day. We're all trying to work out what the best way is to stay on top of things and, you know, how do we balance work and, and home. The, you know, these things are always going to be with us. And I think as, you know, technology, as helpful as it's been, it's also made us more accessible to work. Um, sometimes it can be hard to turn off. So for professional organisers, you know, we certainly see um, us assisting pe people and families in their homes, so with their personal life, then people with, you know, their work life and how, how do they actually achieve, um, you know, to be effective and... Um, productive hmm. and and finding that balance between work and work and home yeah and so do you do you find sometimes it can, i mean if you walked into a house not that you ever would you know walked into a house without invitation had a look around do you think you'd be able to draw some conclusions about the life that went on in that house this is just me being an investigative journalist <laughs> now um, yes, I make certain assumptions. Um, I will admit when I go into people's, you know, say just like even like friends, yep. um, you know, if I'm in, say for a party or I just, you know, pop in and you, you, you can see that there's something going on by sometimes the state of the home. Okay. <laughs> so when you go to dinner parties, people often say, where's Norelle? I go, oh, she's, don't worry, she's just upstairs looking in some of the rooms. Yes. Yes. Okay. So it's it's an hmm. occupational hazard. Um, yeah. Everyone like, where is she? Oh no, she's yeah, she's popping over, and, and so they 
throw everything in a cupboard and say it looks tidy. I've got to remind me not to invite you over. Okay, well, look, uh, thank you so much, Ron. Now, look, finally, I'd just like to know, is, is there any one person who's been a, a sort of strong influence on you in, in your work? And if, if so, what did that person teach you? Um, there, there's two, and that's my parents, my mum oh. and dad. Um, I grew up on a sugarcane farm in North Queensland and, you know, so my parents were business owners and for them it was, um, you know, pretty tough at times, um, cyclones, floods, the whole thing uh, would come through and, you know, it was some, some years were really good, some years weren't so good but I, I, I just remember how well they handled it and mm. um, their control of budgets their uh, optimism that, you know, the next year uh, would be a good year. Um, you know, their wish for, for the three of, of us, my brother and sister and I, to get really good education. And I guess those kind of values about helping other people mm. uh, have really stood me in good stead from, you know, when I left paid employment or like corporate life yep. and moved into my own business around... Yeah, well, you know, it might be tough now, but it's going to be okay. It, it, it doesn't stay tough. It, you know, it gets better and it gets easier. Things ebb and flow. Um, mm. It's so but- interesting. I've, I've spoken to people. Thank you so much for that. And it's lovely to, to hear you talk to your parents like that. And it's when I've spoken to others who've worked in the sort of farming industry, it's, it does give you a sense of, of, as you say, this ebb and flow, doesn't it? Is that, and it's yes. just holding the confidence that, you know what, things are going to be all right. And also when it's a good time, you don't just blow it all. That's right. You, you yes. save some of it back for the other yes. times. Lovely. Yep. Well, look, thank you again so much. So if people want to find out more about you and the work that you do, they can go to successfulliving.com.au or indeed have a look at uh, aapo.net.au, I think. Is that right? .org.au. Oh, sorry, .org.au. Okay, That's perfect. Right. All right. Um, Tol, thank you so much for spending time with the Fly Seller community. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo. I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.